but really where I feel like for me, super fast CPA, the materials came in like the most beneficial spot was using it as a final review. So during like the review stages, I went through the audio notes and the review notes just multiple times that week. And I just felt like the big picture concepts I had such a good understanding of just from going through that multiple times. But yeah, so after that, I got an 86 on reg, which was the highest score I had. Welcome to episode 34 of the CPA Exam Experience podcast from Superfast CPA. I'm Nate, and in today's interview, you're going to hear me talk with Alec. Alec is a Superfast CPA customer, and he's now a CPA. In Alec's interview, we cover... Like the other interviews, we cover a lot of stuff. We go through his study process from start to finish. One thing that's interesting about his interview or his uh, CPA journey, I guess, would be that he passed far first just doing whatever he was doing, studying what I call the traditional way or the normal way, watching every video lecture, reading every chapter, going through the practice questions. And, you know, as I pointed out before, that, that is what most people are doing. And you know, about half of the people, roughly, if you've seen the pass rates, pass their exams using that format more or less. But on the other hand, you know, half of people don't. So I don't think it's the most effective way. And it's not, not even that it's the most effective way, or it's really more about it being a time thing. It just takes so much time to watch every video lecture, try to assimilate it and understand it. As you probably know, that typically means rewatching the lecture or each lecture two or three or four times, and then moving on to the chapter. And and the problem is in one, just uh, in the span of one study session, what most people do is they will spend an hour, two hours, three hours, just getting through the video lecture and the chapter to the point where they feel like they understand it pretty well. Then they get to the practice questions. Their uh, mental energy is pretty low. Their mental gas tank's pretty low at this point. And they start going through the questions and they realize that even watching, investing two or three hours understanding the lecture does not translate into being able to answer the questions. So then they either have to go back to the lecture, look for specific pieces of information to work through the practice problems. And so the whole thing we're always telling people is that you're just better off starting with the practice problems for that exact reason. And then consulting the video lecture or chapter as needed. But you go through the practice questions first, because for a lot of lessons, you will get what you need to know from the practice questions. And for the more difficult lessons, you will have at least have very good context about what you now need to go back and try to learn from the video or from the chapter. So anyways, you will hear uh, the, the point of these interviews is just to hear on an individual basis from all these different successful CPA candidates where their study process started and how it evolved to the point where they got to where they started passing their sections. And most of these interviews are with people who are done with all four. Again, where their study process started, what it looked like in the beginning, and by the end when they had passed all four, the things they had figured out. So three things I want you to listen for. Actually, first, Alec again mentions, and most of these interviews do, he mentions our free one-hour training. And uh, so to sign up for one of those, that is the best place for you to start if this is the first thing you've come across from us or if you've never seen one of those. I know we have a lot of people on our newsletter that have still have never watched one of these free one-hour trainings. That will clear up so many things for you. That one hour will literally save you months and months of time. So to sign up for one of the training times, go to our homepage, superfastcpa.com. It's the main kind of 
top link video thing on the homepage. You can click the link, see the upcoming times, choose a time that works for you, or you can just text the word pass now, pass now as one word, text that to 44222 and we'll send you back a link to register for one of the trainings. So three things I want you to listen for in this interview with Alec. The first one is he mentions how just the first time he watched one of our those free trainings, the one hour training, how we talk about on that, how to use the AICPA blueprints in your study process and how helpful that was. He's said that was kind of a game changer for him. And uh, again, these AICPA blueprints are a blueprint for what you need to know on the exam and what you need to know about it. So by topic, what you should know how to do based on each topic and subtopic written by the people who create the exam. So it's from the AICPA. So on those free trainings, you know, there's a segment covering how to read those, meaning based on the uh, higher order skill, whether you'll see that topic in multiple choice question format or SIM format. We walk through that on these free trainings. So he talks about that. Then he talks about how helpful the idea of re-review was in his study process and through his first couple of sections and failed sections, he wasn't really doing any re-review. As you know, or maybe not if this is the first thing you've heard from us, but we heavily emphasize and the entire point of our study supplements is doing re-review on a daily basis so that you're constantly recovering and re-hitting the things you've already studied so that you understand it on a deep level for test day instead of going through it once and then not looking at it again until your final review. The other thing I want you to listen for is how he did a final review. He essentially used our study tools. I mean, he used them throughout his study process, but he also used our study tools kind of as a cram course. And you'll hear him describe how he did that and why he thinks that helped him so much. So those are the main things to listen for. All that being said, let's get into this interview with Alec. Nice. I graduated last May, started full time with the company that I interned with uh, last June. So, okay. A over a year. How are you liking that so far? Not bad. Tax seasons are rough, but yeah. Especially extended tax seasons and then like this year, but uh, that's not too bad. Okay. And let me. So, are you, are you done or are you done with three? I was looking done, at your. Done with four now. Oh, you're all done. Nice. All done. Yep. Cool. And when did you get your, when did you take your fourth one or when did you get your score? Or when did that happen? Um, so on August 25th, I got my score for the last two on the same day. Oh, nice. Yeah. That was, that was really nice. <laughs> um, did you do anything big to celebrate? Not really. Uh, just with everything going on, just kind of stayed in. Um, yeah. But celebrate a little bit of family and friends. Yeah, overall, it's just the relief factor, right? Yeah, it's yeah. Just, just, just so nice to be done. Yeah, big time relief. Yeah, well, uh, have you listened to any of these other interviews, how they go? I have a little bit, yeah. I put on a couple of them and just kind yeah. of get a feel. Yeah, yeah we'll just kind of talk about your study process from start to finish, basically. Yep. You know, did you have a gap after you finished school and working that you tried to pass some sections in or when you started, what was your situation time-wise? Um, so I graduated with 150 credit hours, uh, just okay. from a bachelor's degree, didn't do a master's. So my graduation date was mid-May of 2019. And then I started a uh, full-time, uh, in June. So it was really just like a two or oh. three week period. 
Yeah. Um, but I, I did start studying though during that couple weeks off. And, and honestly, I think that was a big help just having, you know, a couple weeks where, you know, I wasn't starting my brand new job yet, had some time to really sit down, focus on studying and kind of get off to a, get off to a solid start. Okay. And uh, you, so when you started, you just had your review course and it sounds like, let's see, you, you passed two, right? Just uh, doing whatever you were doing. Yeah. But I was using Becker. Um, I I started with far and really, um, I started with far and then I took it super seriously from the get go because from doing an internship and just talking to other friends and whatnot in public accounting, like I, I knew how hard the whole process was. I knew how hard everybody thought FAR was. Um, so I kind of just took it super serious from the get-go, studied for FAR like that whole summer, essentially. Took it at the end of August and uh, got a 76. That was by far like the best moment of my CPA yeah, studying that's a, process. that's a good start for sure. Yep. Um, had a 76 and a 74. So I know what it feels like to be one point shy and one point above. And yeah, yeah. I always tell people it's really, you know, you could take a test one day and pass it, take it the next day and fail it. You know, it's really so, definitely like the, the margin for error and just that line is so thin. It's really, you just got to hope, do your best and hope for the best at the end of the day. Yeah. So on that first time around, so that was your, did you say you took far and got a 74 once or you just, no, so, so far I just took it once, got a 76. It was another gotcha. test I scored a 74 on. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So just off the bat, what was your study process for far? Did you just kind of do the, the traditional thing? Watch the lecture. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. What you described as the traditional thing, just from Becker, you know, going order, watching the lectures, doing the multiple choice, doing some, some sins and just, Yep. The exact traditional route that you often describe. Yeah. Which, you know, it, it can work obviously like right, about yeah. half the people out there yep. are passing, basically doing that same thing. And it's just yep. really a time thing. Really? Exactly. A hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. So after far, how did your studying go and what was the next one you took? So after far, I was still just using Becker. Hadn't heard of you guys yet. Um, so I took audit and basically I did the exact same thing, but I think after passing what everyone was telling me was the hardest one, I think I took my foot off the gas a little, um, mm-hmm. but still felt like I did the whole program, did the whole traditional route, watched all the lectures, did all the multiple choice, did some sins, and I got a 66 on audit. So after that, I was kind of a little discouraged because I just thought, well, I just spent the last, you know, <laughs> month and a half, two, two months, yeah. like watching every single lecture, taking notes, doing the multiple choice and got a 66. Didn't feel like that was super close. I mean, it wasn't awful, but wasn't a 74. Um, but I think at the time I got that score back, I was actually already like halfway into BC. So rather than stopping that and going back into audit, I just kept doing the traditional route with BC. And I actually thought BC was Maybe the easiest one for me, because in, in school, I uh, majored in accounting and finance, and I feel like it kind of had a lot of overlap yeah. with some finance concepts. So BEC just seemed kind of the most familiar to me um, off the bat. Um, so I just stuck with BEC, the traditional route, and was able to pass that in like early December. So then still hadn't heard of super fast CPA. Uh, tax season was getting ready to start for me in January. So 
I gave audit like a quick two week, um, try and, you know, restudy it real quick for two weeks, gave it another go and got a 74 right before tax season started. Okay. So that was kind of like my, my devastating moment where it's like, a, cause I really wanted to have three done before tax season started. Yeah. So after that, I was sitting at two going into tax season had already decided I wasn't going to do any studying during tax season, but yeah, having a 74 in January was tough. But then so tax season comes and goes. I started studying again probably mid-May. And so I decided to do reg next, mainly because I work in tax. So I felt like this is the most relevant to my job. I also figured with COVID and everything going on, well, it was super hard to schedule tests around that time too. Um, yeah. And I couldn't get a test date until like end of July. And regs, the way Becker set up, it's the second longest one to study for. So I thought I might as well just use all this time to study for reg, really drill down on reg. So I think that was mid-May. And so I had a couple of weeks where I was just doing the traditional route through Becker. And I really started to kind of get sick of it, just the monotony of Becker's lectures and multiple choice and all that. And that's when I saw like a targeted ad on, on YouTube for, for super <laughs> fast CPA. Yeah. Um, which I've heard a lot of people see them on YouTube, right? That's kind of the... Yeah, that's mainly where we're at. That's really yeah. the only place we advertise, yeah. Yeah, so I think the first couple just kind of clicked out of, didn't really think anything of it. But then after the third, I was like, all right, maybe I'll check this out. Sounds pretty good. So I went to one of those like one hour uh, training seminars. Yeah. Uh, forget exactly what you guys call them. But, um, but yeah, so after watching that, I it was really like an eye opening experience. Like everything you got, you were saying just kind of really clicked and made sense. And I was like, mm -hmm. you know, this is exactly how it should be, how it needs to be the process that makes more sense. So, so yes, that was June. So I think I bought the, the reg bundle. So I got, you know, the audio notes, the multiple choice questions and then the worded notes. And so, since I was kind of already, you know, I was sticking with Becker still as like the primary, um, but I changed it up a little bit from the traditional route because, you know, I heard you talk about in the training, starting with the multiple choice and then diving into lectures is really much more effective than all lectures first than multiple choice. Mm -hmm. So I started to in incorporate that a decent amount um, and really thought it seemed to just make everything click mentally doing it that way. You kind of knew what you were looking for in the lectures yes. then rather than just sitting, watching a lecture aimlessly and then looking at these multiple choice and thinking, well, I still don't know how to do these multiple choice. Correct. Um, yep. So that was like a big moment for me, just kind of tweaking the process a little bit that way. And then the other big thing too, that I got out of a training seminar that really kind of sold me on super fast CPA was talking about the AI CPA uh, exam blueprints. Mm -hmm. Like, I just think it's shocking how, I mean, how helpful and insightful those are that they put out there, you know, telling yeah. you about what, what percentage of your tests to expect on this and that. And I mean, I, I had stumbled upon them once when I was first starting studying and looked at it for far. But when I took audit and BC those times, like I didn't look at that exam blueprint once. And I thought like, how dumb is that, that, you know, we're spending hundreds of dollars and all these hours to take this exam and we're not even going to look at, what the yeah. exam makers put out to us that essentially gives you the most yeah, heads mean, up of a lot of people don't know about them because you know, it's, it's like the 
test creators and it, they don't put like, I don't know. It's not like they put marketing dollars behind making sure everyone knows about it. Right. You know, it's it's yeah. like a kind of a little known thing, but yeah, like you said, it's the, the exam writers, it's like, they're telling you what you should know. Right. Cause I've heard so many people like, you know, for far, I think um, like the governmental and nonprofit accounting, that's like guaranteed to be like 15 to 20% of your, your exam. And I've heard so many friends and coworkers and classmates in school saying like, Oh yeah, you know, I got behind in my studying. Didn't even get kids in Becker. Those are the last couple sections. Didn't even yeah. get to the nonprofit <laughs> accounting and government accounting, but I took it anyways. And it's like, if you'd look at that blueprint, I mean, just knowing that's 15 to 20% of your exam to not make sure you hit that. Yeah. You than, can't skip those two. Right. Yeah. Rather than spending all kinds of time on the little intricate topics that you may or may not see a multiple choice question on. Right. Um, so yeah, that was another big thing that just kind of really jumped out to me during the training seminar is something that made a ton of sense that should be a focus going in. But yeah, so then, I, like I said, it was kind of a hybrid of the traditional method, but with some of the tips and tweaks I got from, uh, from the training seminar. And then the other big thing, you know, you talk about re-review a lot. Um, that yeah. was something I hadn't done a ton of during my other traditional routes. I would always try and leave time at the end to review, but not on a, like a day-to-day basis. I would really only just focus on, you know, the lectures and topic at hand. Mm-hmm. But I thought the, the multiple choice, especially on the app, was just super user-friendly. And so, you know, all the time I would just, you know, do those five-question, many multiple choice uh, quizzes through the super fast GPA app whenever I had five minutes here and there throughout my day. And I felt like that was just a great way for me to always kind of be re-reviewing, hitting on both the topics that, you know, I studied a couple weeks ago and also even the topics that I hadn't seen yet, just kind of getting a feel of other stuff there. I thought the explanations were super, super helpful, whether you got the, you know, it right or wrong, just reading the solution in super fast mm-hmm. CPA, that helped a lot. But really where I feel like for me, super fast CPA, the materials came in like the most beneficial spot was using it as a final review. Um, I know a lot of people purchased the Becker final review. I yeah. had never done, I had never done that. So when I would review um, the first few times, it was just kind of doing however, um, you know, I felt was best. But then now this time with Reg and having the super fast CPA materials, those audio notes and review notes, I mean, I forget the exact amount of time, but I want to say Reg was maybe four hours worth of audio notes and audit was like cut it down to two hours, something around yeah, they're there. they're really not, they're not right. that long, but I mean, yeah. That, yeah, it's on purpose. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exa- yeah. And so like during that review stage, just being able to, just read like I would listen to the audio notes as I was reading it myself and just kind of okay. very, I'd also listen to the audio notes, just kind of doing, yeah. you know, doing laundry. A lot, a lot of other, people have told me they do that though. Doing um, the both at the same time. Yes. Yep. I think for me, it's mainly cause I'm like a visual learner. I don't do well with just audio. Like I feel like I need to see it too, even if it's just reading it. Um, yeah. But yeah, just so during like the review stages, just, you know, I went through the audio notes and the review notes just multiple times that week. And I just felt like the big picture concepts, I had such a good understanding of just from going through that multiple times, then pairing that with just drilling down on multiple choice, really focusing on that. Um, and yeah, just that, you know, week or two of review, I felt like was by far the most 
beneficial period of time during my study process. Um, nice. But yeah, so after that, I got an 86 on reg, which was the highest score I had. Um, awesome. And then, so then I was going back to audit. So that was my last one at that point. I'd got a 66 the first time after doing two months studying. Then I tried after like two weeks, got that 74. But I mean, it had been eight months since I had even opened the audit book. And I decided, like, I've got the super fast CPA tools now. I'm just going to try and do it in like two weeks. Yeah. And I honestly <laughs> think I only, I think I only studied for about 10 days because I realized if I took it before a certain day, I'd get both scores back at the same time. Okay. So, so I was like, I, and now they're doing continuous testing because of yeah. COVID. So I thought, Worst case scenario. Well, I mean, at that point, I didn't even know I had passed reg, but I, I had a pretty good feeling about it. But so I thought, you know, why not just try and take audit real quick? If I fail it, just retake it again, continuous testing. So, um, so yeah, I think I really only studied for about 10 days. I did look at Becker some, but it was a lot of that 10 days was just the super fast CPA review notes, audio lectures, and then just drill in the multiple choice. And I felt like I had, going into that last audit test, I had so much of a better understanding just after 10 days than I did studying it for two months back in fall of 2019. I think a lot of it is just, you know, when you spread out your studying time over that much, you just start to forget everything you had learned previously, yeah. especially when you're not re-reviewing. And I think that's really what kind of killed me the first way through. So yes, yeah, so I got both scores back on the same day, passed them both just like a month ago, I found out and, and now I'm done. <laughs> nice, man. That's cool. So, so just to clarify and your, cause I, I do think that is really helpful having a, uh, you know, I, I talk about in our training videos, the, uh, the mega cram session, like the last two days before an exam, Yep. whether that's a week long or two days, I think that I, I honestly think you can uh, sway your score by like 10 or 15 or 20 points in those two yeah, days. Completely um, so, so again, what you did was you, were you doing like sets of 30 questions with, with Becker kind of generating those? Yes. Yeah, so I would do a lot of that. Yeah. That was essentially kind of the main thing. Uh-huh. And then yeah. reading our notes. Yeah. Uh, you read through those. Cause yeah. What I tell people is in those last yeah. two days, try to read our notes all the way through like three times. Yeah. Yeah, and that's basically, like that's basically exactly what you did. did. Yeah, yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I thought that was just like a huge, um, like, huge difference compared to what I was doing before. The other thing where I just felt like from a focus of time, so when I did the, the first couple through Becker, you know, I would do all three of the full practice simulated exams, which are like really good and helpful because, you know, they give you a real feel of what, the, what it's going to be like to take the full exam. But honestly, like, when I was doing, so reg, I still took them because I had plenty of time. But then with, with the audit this last time, you know, I only had 10 days to study. I thought, yeah, and like still working full time during most of this too, except for weekends and a couple of days off I took to study. I thought, why would I waste four hours taking a practice exam when I could listen and read every single audio lecture review notes from you guys and then just do a ton of multiple choice. Yeah. in that same four hour window. And just, I felt like it was such a better way to utilize that last so many hours leading up to the test. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan of doing the whole, like the full practice exam. I don't think, yeah. 
Yeah, I think there's way better ways to use your time in like right. the last few days. Basically, like you said, um, and the sets of 30 just get you so well prepared all throughout it. You don't really like the point of the final uh, practice exam is just like you, like you said, to kind of show you what it's like to have to sit there right. and go through sets of 30 questions. But when you've been doing it this way and you do those every day, right. You've gotten really good at or efficient at multiple choice questions. Yes. So it's not really. Yeah. Um, and what about how, did, how did you use practice Sims if at all in your study process or how did you prepare for the Sims in general? So early on, um, like before I was ever introduced to super fast CPA and it was just kind of doing it the traditional route. Um, like for far, I think I did every single sim that Becker had. Did it help? Probably some, but I still, I just feel like the sims are their own beast kind of. Um, yeah. And regardless of how much you prepare for them, you're going to get a lot. You really don't know. You're going to get some where you feel kind of good. But um, so for far, I did a lot of them. Didn't when I was taking it though didn't feel like they were going super great audit kind of the same thing especially the first time around didn't feel super great but I had done a lot of practice ones B C a little bit of the same but then really with reg and then audit this last time once I started kind of doing the super fast method methodology and just kind of tweaking it my own I really did not spend a ton of time focusing on sims I really made just the multiple choice and understanding the concepts, like my only two priorities. And then yeah. I always felt like you at least could get at least partial credit on all those. Right. Things. You know, even if it, especially on the exam sims compared to the Becker sims, even though they're, they're really hard and you, it's really hard in my opinion to like just drill a hundred percent of them. I feel like it's relatively easy to at least get partial credit. And at yeah. the end of the day, like, I mean, we're trying to get 75, if you can just get most of that sim right and just get some of those boxes going the right way and all that, um, it's going to help your score. And so especially I feel like if you just understand the concepts well, you're definitely in a position where you can do well enough on the sims where, where I don't think spending a ton of time doing practice sims is going to necessarily prepare you better. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you know, there's, there's some value in, like there is value in the practice Sims. You need to go through some cause you want to see what these look like in right. general, mm -hmm. even though, like you said, on test day, they're going to be gnarlier than anything you've seen, yeah. especially in far and reg. But then also uh, I think the main thing is you don't just do endless practice Sims, especially when you come to ones that you just already know, there's no point in doing a bunch of that. You yep. want to, if anything, find ones that are, to you personally, you don't understand them when you first look at them mm -hmm. and then you basically submit it, get an idea of why. I mean, it's basically the same approach as the MCQs. You just, yeah. you're kind of breaking them down to reverse engineer what you need to know. So yeah, what did you, agree. uh, did you have a system for either taking notes or making flashcards or what did you, how did you treat things that, you kept coming across on those daily sets of 30 that you would forget or miss multiple times. So, so early on, yeah. So early on, I, um, like when I was doing far right out of college and that full summer, I was making flashcards, um, which I thought helped a lot, but I also felt like it was super time consuming. Mm -hmm. um, so eventually I got to a point where I was like, all right, it's just not worth 
making these flashcards and, you know, it just take me a lot longer to get to the lectures and through each section. So eventually I yeah. kind of cut, cut that out. And then what I did was I would just get a notebook and essentially, like you said, it was just the topics I would get stuck on, really struggle with in the multiple choice. I would start to write down, you know, whatever would help me learn the topic, whether it was the solution from a multiple choice question or going back to the book and writing down a definition or example from the book. But yeah, so I do think there's a lot of value in flashcards, but kind of like, just like a lot of it, you just kind of got away. Is it worth taking all the time to make these or is it better just really focus on the stuff you struggle with? Write that yeah. down in a way that, write that down in a way that's going to help you learn it better. And I feel like that's kind of what I switched to in the end. Yeah, that, that is true. It's kind of the two things I, I do feel like it's really important for anyone who, I mean, basically anyone studying for these, you have to have some system of how you're going, how you're going to make sure you understand the things that you just keep struggling with. Right. Yeah. But then at the same time, you don't, want to rewrite your textbook in flashcard right. format. You, you can't possibly have all the time, you know, to the first time you come across something, it's all going to be new. So you can't make right. a flashcard for all flashcard that. For, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, nice, man. Well, that uh, we kind of went through everything that I typically talk about. What about your, so on test day on the, just in general, was there any timelines you were trying to keep in mind or, what were you focused on on test day or any like test day tips you would give to other people? Um, so honestly, especially the last two that I took where I had kind of started the super fast method, um, I would schedule my test in the afternoon, like the one o'clock or I forget if it was noon or one, um, but kind of in the afternoon. And then really, I, you know, I'd get up that morning, eat breakfast, and then I, it was enough time where I could just listen and watch uh, the audio lectures uh, and read through the, the review notes, not, not mm. the audio lectures, but the super fast review notes, listen yeah. to the audio notes and then read through them quick. Uh, just as kind of a further just cementing those big picture topics before I walked in. And then the other thing I would do too, um, you know, the AICPA releases like those um, just sample. You know, real, yeah, those yeah, sample questions and real past questions. Um, and I think in Becker, there's like a nice PDF you can open that just shows them all. So what I would always do is I'd print those out um, and it, you know, gives you the solution and all that. So the, the week leading up, I would kind of do them um, without looking at the solution and, you know, trying to make myself. But okay. then what I would kind of do is um, on test day, I would just cycle through them like with the answers circled. I think more so just kind of like for some positive affirmation, like rather than get, getting multiple choice questions wrong the day of, like I would only read questions, see the right answers and just like get in a rhythm of like, okay, I know this, I know this, I know this, that kind of thing. Rather than, mm -hmm. I feel like if you just, you know, do a set of 30 multiple choice a day or your exam and get 50% of them right, you're just going to psych yourself out in a negative <laughs> way. So I, I try yeah. to avoid anything like that. But, um, but yeah, being able to listen to the audio notes, um, and read through those review notes in the morning and then maybe hitting some multiple choice. I think it's like a really good way to feel confident going in and feel like you do understand the big picture stuff and feel like you're prepared. Yeah. Uh, one, one other question I thought of. So when you were doing the sets of 30 and let's say on your reg section towards the end, do you remember 
what you were generally scoring on those sets of 30? Probably about 80%, if I had yeah. to guess. I would do sets like 10 a lot of times, too, which I know 30 was always better because that's more like what a real test looks like and just a better example. But I feel like I would always have a hard time just focusing for that long, even just yeah. studying. But, but uh, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't think that yeah. number is important. You know, it's, yeah. it's more the concept of just pulling right. whatever, 10 completely random questions right. and yeah, you just do absolutely. that over and over. Yeah. yeah. And that's why I love the super fast app and the multiple choice. Cause I mean, there was only five, but sometimes, you know, I'd do like seven in a row and then I like, yeah. okay, I just did 35 questions. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I don't know, sometimes when I pull up the Becker, get 30 questions, I'd zone out after question 18 and then yeah. that kind of thing. So I always tried to just get it into smaller increments just so I could really focus better and just kind of fly through them quicker. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Cause I get asked that a lot. Like, where should I be on these sets of 30? And, you know, I just think anywhere from sometimes even sixties, you can go in and still pass the exam. But, but by the right. end, if you've been doing a set of 30 every day, that's yeah. about right. Hitting seventies, eighties and higher than yeah. that's, you know, even better, right. obviously. Yeah. And I remember like with the app too and doing the mini quizzes, I feel like once I got close to test day, every single time I did a set of five, it was like, I was either getting four or five, right. So like, yeah, you know, between, between 80 or a hundred percent. Um, and I felt like that was like just nice to see that progression. Cause early on when you first start, you know, you're getting maybe two out of five or, you right. know, but you can just tell a difference as you keep the repetition up and keep going throughout your study journey. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Well, I'm glad you're done. And, uh, so I get the last thing is even if we already covered it, yeah. if you were just going to give people studying your top two or three tips, what would those be? So honestly, my first one is just like making a plan and sticking to it. Um, so for me, it was always, well, except for like that last time with audit, that was kind of just crammed it all in. But for me, whenever I was starting a new test, I'd try and stick to about a section a week through Becker's section. So I, I'd always say a, a section a week. Then on Sundays, I'd usually kind of plan it out a little more specifically with each module and that kind of thing. You know, if I knew I had something Thursday night, like I would block that off. It's like, okay, I'm not going to get anything done then. So how do I make up for it throughout the week? And then I kind of use the weekends as, um, as a catch up or just a review if I was caught up good. And then so it's kind of like every Monday I was starting a new section. Mm-hmm. Um, but I felt like that was important just to, to keep on pace because I hear so many people say they fall behind in their study plan and then they're taking these tests that they scheduled and they haven't even gotten through all the material. Yeah. And in my, in my opinion, it's better to, to rush through some things to stay on schedule rather than just, falling behind your schedule and then never being able to get caught up. So like, I mean, there were times where, you know, I maybe went through a section a little too fast, but at least I stayed on schedule. And then when I had my couple weeks at the end to review, I could go back to the areas that I knew I skipped over a little too fast and drill down on those a little harder. But I think sticking to a schedule is a big one. And then really just focusing on multiple choice questions and then big picture concepts, not getting too worked up about every little problem that they show in Becker. Cause I remember when I was doing FAR, I was thinking about it, thinking about the number of practice questions they give you versus the number of questions you get on the exam. And it's like, there's a good chance I won't even see a question on this. Why am I going to spend, you know, a half hour trying to learn this complex problem when yeah. 
I still might miss on the exam regardless of how many times I, so just kind of not getting caught up in the super little details and just really focusing on big picture, general multiple choice. Cause most of the multiple choice on your exam isn't super like intricate. Right. Cal calculations. Um, some of the sims can be, but most of the calculations of the multiple choice are kind of more basic. Mm -hmm. where I feel like in Becker, they kind of make them harder in that sense, which is good to learn, but not if it's going to take up a ton of your time and confuse you and stress you out more. So mainly just big picture stuff, multiple choice and, and the Sims and all that other, they'll follow fine if you understand the big picture stuff. Well, yeah. Yeah. And uh, that is a good point. And that was one of my key mistakes on my first, when I failed far that one time was going back and just getting so focused, spending my last like week or so on really three pretty narrow topics. Right. Uh, and just spending so much time trying to master those when there's literally like 200 plus topics that can appear yeah. on far. Right. And, uh, the, the other nice thing about doing those, the idea of re-review daily takes mm -hmm. care of so many problems like the set yeah. of 30 over time, you know, if those are random, you're going to see questions in the same concentration, you know, that really you'll see them on the exam because typically the review courses have more questions on the most tested topics or the bigger topics. Right. So as you're going through sets of 30, you just naturally kind of see questions in the same proportion that you would see them on exam yeah. day. So yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Solves a lot of things. All right, man. Well, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I appreciate you being on the call and yeah, I'm glad uh, our stuff could help a little bit on your last two. Absolutely. Yeah. It was definitely um, a big help. Um, I think it saved me a lot of time, especially with audit that last time. I think there's no way I could have passed it that quickly without you guys really have recommended it to friends and coworkers. And I think it's a great supplement. Nice. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah. So I'll, I'll just kind of end the recording there when we, yeah. we when I edit Perfect. it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, it was nice meeting you, man. And again, congrats on being done. That's awesome. Thank you. I appreciate it. And thank you for the, the products and, and having me on the call today. <laughs> So that was the interview with Alec. I'm guessing you found that very helpful. I think it was a, a great interview. He, we cover a lot. And again, it's just very helpful, I think, to hear from someone who has now passed their exams, hear about where they started, what they were doing in the beginning, the things that worked or didn't work, and then how their study process got more and more effective towards the end. And, you know, by the end, you know, they're passing multiple sections back to back to back type thing. They just really get it figured out by the end. And so to hear the ins and outs of that process for you, that someone who's currently working on their exams, that's just uh, very helpful. And, you know, we get a lot of emails or reviews, positive feedback about these interviews. And I think it makes sense why, you know, it's just, uh, it's very helpful for someone that's in currently in the study process to hear from all these other people and especially to hear kind of a broad range of CPA study experiences, just how they figured out individually their own study process. And so there's just a lot of tips from these different interviews you can glean and apply to your own study process. So if you're finding these helpful, if you found these helpful, I would just ask that you do two things. Find the podcast in the podcast app where you're listening to these and leave us a rating and a review. That really helps 
the podcast, helps it reach more CPA candidates. These are free, obviously, but it takes us a lot of time and energy to record, publish, edit these. So it's just a free way to support the podcast. And then the second thing would just be to share it with somebody else that you know. Most CPA candidates, by the nature of this, how this works, you're probably taking the exams alongside several colleagues or friends from your master's degree or whatever. So just share the podcast or your favorite episode or an episode you found helpful. Share that with someone else who's working on their exams. So all that being said, thank you for listening and we'll see you on the next episode. Bye.